Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Northcott Theatre in Exeter. Please welcome a man who's very much cream on first, and I'm not talking about scones. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Learn every lesson about walking on. My glasses have stayed. I've got so much more professional, have you noticed, since... If you were here last week, uh, they... Very good audience last week. You got a lot to, to beat for last week's. Uh, welcome, Richard Herring's Lazily Swimming in Topsham Pool podcast. Uh, though I was hanging around at Tucker's Hall uh, the other day. Yeah, and that reaction shows me why it's number 23 of 99 things to do in Exeter. <laughs> According to TripAdvisor, apparently it's owned by Tucker Jenkins. That's why it's called Tucker Jenkins owns it. Not Todd Carty, the character of... Tucker Jen- when he's in character of Tucker Jenkins, he owns Tucker's Hall. Have you ever been to Tucker's Hall? So 20, well, you've got, there's 22 other things that are better, but you live here. You must have seen those. Anyway, uh, he calls it Rahalastapa. Uh, 
So, um, yes, just a reminder that uh, I will be in the foyer after the show. Uh, if, you want, if you want to grab a programme, they are free, so I don't feel you have to give money, but, if, you know, money goes to scope. If you want to give some, some, a donation, that'd be lovely. Um, I'm very happy to do selfies. I'm very happy to sell you some of my... Uh, projects. We've got some exciting stuff. We've got Rahalastapa Top Trumps, a working game of Top Trumps. We've got, I've just found a one pack of Rahalastapa stickers. Uh, and uh, there's also, there's DVDs. Imagine, remember those? Of Fist of Fun you can get. You can get a couple of my uh, stand-up shows. Uh, and uh, as well as the emergency questions books, lots of varieties of those. The Problem with Men, that's a great book I've written during lockdown about my International Men's Day thing, you may remember. Uh, if you want to find out what I, what I was like when I was 40... How not to grow up. Uh, and if you're interested in my testicles, there's only one left. <laughs> then there's a book about that as well. But anyway, look, let's talk about Exeter. Um, uh, the uh, city of Exeter is home to the Exeter book. Do you know about that? There's the Exeter book. There's only one book in Exeter. That's why they can call it that. It's one of the Wicked Willy ones from uh, the 1980s. It's held in great reverence in the university. <laughs> Not even the first one, it's just that's the only book that's ever been in, been in Exeter until now. Um, Exeter was the last place a woman was executed for witchcraft, of which you should be very proud, but you know, there's still time <laughs> to, to do some more, so do look out for that. Uh, there's undergr- underground passages all under Exeter, do you know that? And that's where, that's where the Morlocks are living at the moment, and they're going to come up and eat you all uh, when the bell rings. Ah, I saw a Morlock on uh, my stone clearing. <laughs> Definitely saw it. I saw a baby on a horse and a Morlock walking through the field together. You should try stone clearing. It's a, it's a, great, it's a, it's a great pastime. Look, we're going to crack straight on because we've got an absolutely fantastic, absolutely legendary uh, guest. I'm so excited. Uh, I've literally just met him. He's been wandering around backstage. Uh, got lost. It's very exciting. Uh, he's probably best known as Bart Columbus in Carry On Columbus, of course. Uh, he didn't seem keen to talk about it for some reason. Will you please welcome the amazing, legendary Peter Richardson, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Peter Richardson. Unbelievable. Have a seat, sir. And thank you so much for coming to, to see us. I never heard of this film. <laughs> you never heard of Karen Columbus? This uh, Karen Colitis. I never heard of it. <laughs> I was never in it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's probably the best. Uh, Nigel Planer, I, I also introduced him, uh, your former double act partner. Uh, uh, We're still friends. You're still friends, that's good. Uh, not every double act are still friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, um, yeah, he, he did talk about it, but he was a little embarrassed by it. And we, it's, it's a, you know, it was a bold venture, I think, that maybe in hindsight... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, good. We, we'll move on. I, we'll no, move on. I don't know this film. <laughs> you must tell me about it. I must, I must. I'll tell you about it. We'll watch, I'll tell you what, after the show, we'll watch it together. That we, if you, if you, if you do badly, if you yeah. do well, we can go home. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've actually. There's a guy seen, called Peter Richardson. Nothing to do with me. Okay, that's, I, a different that's guy. right. Yeah, he uses my name quite a lot. Oh, okay. For, for things that don't work. <laughs> that, that, that explains a lot. Hey, look, Peter. I was saying backstage when we met, um, the, the comic strip uh, means so much to to me and my generation. The comic strip and the young ones were. I'd been a little bit into Monty Python, but it wasn't our generation. 
it had you know been a little bit into not nine o'clock news, which I know you wrote for, but it was again it felt like an older generation. And Channel Four started on the same day. The comic strip was the first. Five Go Mad in Dorset was the first comedy show on Channel Four. Mass, and I remember like watching everything on Channel Four that day, and I remember getting to this and just being yeah. absolutely blown away by by this channel that was for us and this comedy that was for us and it actually just slightly predated the young ones, right? It was out before the young ones. Well, this was all happening at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But it was like a week before the young ones came out. So it was a very, uh, very feckin' time for a, <laughs> a teenage comedy fan to suddenly see stuff. Yes. Um, and yeah, and, and the comic strip uh, obviously started as a live thing, which we'll, we'll talk about, but it, it, you made, you're saying 50... Uh, to, how, many, how many were made? It's almost that, yeah. 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 Including movies on the... Sure. I mean, it's an incredible achievement, not just from, you know, the standard is fantastic. You were saying some of them aren't as good as others, but I think that's just a, a personal taste. But, uh, you know, to even convince two or three t- TV channels in the end to do a different thing every week that obviously costs a fair amount of money and not doesn't just... doesn't happen very often, no. It doesn't happen. I mean, it hadn't happened before us, really. No. Uh, probably won't happen again. So I mean, did, it wasn't good television, really, because television is about repeat and about... People getting to know characters. We did that. We changed them every week. Yeah, we were like a repertory company. Really. It was, but what you know? A, what an amazing group of, of comedians and actors you had in it. You know, there were you, you, there were some people who were in a lot of them. There were some people who just popped up in the occasional ones. But obviously, the first one was you and Aid and French and Saunders and Robbie Coltrane. Yes. Uh, it's like it's a pretty it's a pretty strong start, and also a, a woman wearing a kind of string vest, I, which I and nothing underneath, which I kept. Rewinding for some reason. <laughs> so was, it had that everything. That was the second one. That was, was the second, second one. one. Yeah, okay. I thought it, it was. It wasn't as good. But. <laughs> Five go mad on masculine. Uh, I know. Uh, did you appreciate at the time, like when it started, how how important it was to people and how amazing it was to have this opportunity? Did... We've well, been in a club in Soho, which we started yeah. in uh, <clears throat> 1980, and. Uh, I think the gang, we, we formed a gang there that sort of became this force of what they called alternative comedy. In fact, Time Out called us the gorillas of new wave humour. Um, <coughs> and, uh, yeah, we sort of went in this sort of uh, sleazy theatre in Paul Raymond's review bar. Yeah. You had to go through all these passages of, like, n- naked women and stuff to get to us, which is uh, kind of what we wanted, really. <laughs> yeah, well, Eddie, Eddie Issard did a club but there, I think, in the same did. place. We didn't yeah, want so... an art centre with you know, coffee and cheese flans or, or a pub. We wanted to go to a, a nightclub that Lenny Bruce would have played. Yes. I mean, it was, an, it was an, I played it when, uh, when very early in the 90s when I was trying to do stand-up. And it was, you know, and I, I, I was quite a, a naive young man. And it was sort of, you shared a, a shared room with, with naked ladies. So again, we did you, know, that's what separate, you've given me all my life, it seems, <laughs> is naked ladies. Uh, but, uh, place, yeah, yeah, so the comic strip... So how did it go from being that club? It's, it happened quite quickly, right, to getting the Well, TV exactly. Show. I mean, it was, as we, were, we did a year there, and we had so many... Uh, it became quite a cult. Thing. In yeah. fact, we had people like Jack Nicholson, Dustin Hoffman, and all these people turning up, and David Bowie would arrive <coughs> with Robin, 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 Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, Robin Williams. We'd arrive at the end of the night saying, um, can I go on? I've just got, I've got David Bowie with me. Can I go on? We say, we're just closing, you know, the guy... The st- Paul Raymond's staff are going to charge you. For right. He said, oh, I'll pay them, don't worry. We'll wow. keep it open for an hour. Well, which the audience loved, you know. Of course, yeah, amazing. But and then we'd go out and he was... Yeah, he, he was an incredible force, Robin, you know. Yeah. But uh, we, we... Nigel and I, did he tell you, we used to do a sketch 
ACDC 10, which is a sort of oh, didn't tell me soft porn airline disaster kind of sketch. <laughs> and it uh, <laughs> starts out as a manual in a plane. Right. <laughs> but then I'm a hijacker or something, I can't remember. But, but the thing is, the hijacker is very demanding. He wants to know what, what the movie's going to be and the plane he's going to seize. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and uh, so Nigel goes, uh, it's, uh, it's Kramer versus Kramer. And I said, Dustin Hoffman in Meryl Streep. And I said, don't give me that feel-good shit. I want, you know, what else you got? <laughs> anyway, one night, I'm looking at the front row, going, that looks like Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. He's supposed to be in Hollywood. Yeah. We're in this little cinema and, you know, theatre in Soho. Yeah, wow. So I just sort of froze, and I, I thought, shall I just say, is there any other movies, you know? <laughs> um, but no, we, we did. And then he... He came back and again was and brought a whole lot of people saying he was going to go on, but didn't, didn't. You know, right. Yeah. Yes, I mean, what, what an incredible time it must have been. And obviously, you, you and Nigel had, you know, you did quite a theatrical show together where you played yes. all the parts. And, Double act, yes. Because right. you started out as, a, as an actor, right? I've got, like, on IMDb, it says you were in an episode of the New Avengers, Uncredited. Is that That's true? That's right, with Jenna yeah. Lumley, yes, right. Yeah. Right. I, did, I did things like Elizabeth R with Glenda Jackson. And, um, right. I was just looking at it the other day. What an amazing. Actress she was, you know, seeing that. Yeah. I was looking for myself, actually, in that. So you sort of... But I got so involved with what she was doing, I actually forgot to look for myself. (laughs) Because I'm sort of like somewhere in the distance. (laughs) And are you in Ripping Yarns as well? Are you somewhere in Ripping Yarns? There's there's a rumour that you're in Ripping Yarns. No, it wasn't true. No, no, no. no. Well, that's that's sorted that one out, Wikipedia. (laughs) I'll never, I'll never trust Wikipedia again. Um, but yeah, so so it's so you did you meet Nigel when you were kids? Is that right? We met in about 1975. Right, and uh, we worked together down here on yeah. Dartmoor, summer summer camp, doing, doing drama. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of kids, uh, and we started improvising together and doing stuff. And you know, and, uh, we had a very similar sense of humour. Yes, which sort of kept us talking to each other for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> It's interesting because uh, Andy Nyman and um, Jeremy Dyson, who uh, write together and written a fantastic novel called The Warlock Effect, and they're involved in League of Gentlemen and uh, Ghost Story. They met, they met at a Jewish summer camp as well, <laughs> and they just really got on. So it's, yes. it's kind of it's a little bit Galton and Simpson, isn't it, to meet as yes. without the illness to meet as <laughs> kids and then well, form a double act. Nigel and I, I mean, I we wrote a show together uh, along with Pete Richards, yes, which we did at the Roundhouse downstairs. That was our first. First ever production. We did. We did. We played it here actually in Northcott, right? <clears throat> and in Plymouth. And then, and there was a character that I that I originated called Neil in that, which I'd seen at a festival. And I sort of saw this folk singer at a festival, uh, which Neil was based on. And then Nigel and I worked on it together, and it so sort of expanded into yes. character that that uh, he eventually did in the Young Ones. You know. And yeah. Well, let, well, let's talk quickly about the Young Ones, which I, you know, as a comedy fan. And I'm sure a lot of people feel this. I talked to Nigel about it, and he, he felt it was, uh, you know, he, he, had, he had views on it. Uh, but obviously, like, you were a double act with Nigel, and you put down together this show uh, that you, well, you'd right, created yeah. two characters for. You yeah, created, we played like, loads of characters. Yeah. yeah we were... uh, and so, but you were, you were, you know, you should have been in the, the young ones. You should have been Mike in the young ones, right? Uh, not at all, really. No? No. no. <laughs> in fact, I think you're wrong. I think I was. <laughs> you think you were? Okay. I was a big part of it. <laughs> I think I've booked the wrong guy. Or maybe I dreamt, maybe I dreamt that. <laughs> maybe you were. Uh, but it's, was, but if, it would have been interesting in an alternate universe. I mean, what, Mike was the I character. I would have been rubbish. I would have been rubbish. You said that on a... I'm not sure you would have been I rubbish. tell you why, because it's a television sitcom. Uh, I was just in... I was in... 
I got the Channel 4 deal. I was making films, yeah. and I was much more interested in doing films. And I, sure. I think, I, to be honest, the style of it wasn't me at all, the character. I'm too serious for the young ones. You know? <laughs> I think that would have worked. But, you know, I think you, at least you would... I, I think Christopher Ryan was okay in the end. <laughs> but I think he sometimes didn't get... He sometimes was playing... He was playing it as an actor yeah, rather than as a comedian. I did no idea. I mean, they, Ro- Nigel had his character well established. Yeah. I mean, the punk thing was a kind of... They're all big stereotype characters. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know where mine was going to come from, but... No. And funny enough, when we did Bad News, I was much more comfortable in that playing Spider. Yeah. The drama, because, again, I didn't know what I was going to be until I put this wig on and the sideboards. I'm like, oh, God, I'm Pete Trill. This guy from... <laughs> used to play harmonica in a band I was in. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, that, you know, Pete, he's like, really sort of happy-go-lucky guy, you know, <laughs> like that, you know. And... Uh, I thought, that's what Spider is. And suddenly Spider was there, and I sort of luckily found it in just a nick. I don't think I would have found the young one's character, though, I don't think. I think you would. I mean, you are, you know... It's, the, I think it's a way of shooting. I don't get that sort of whole three-camera thing, but... Maybe, but I think, you know, you are, you're a very good actor. Like, you know, it's... it's, it's... I've had moments, yeah. No, I think, you know... <laughs> I, you know, I think it's sort of... Uh, Within the, you were like a little bit, as, as a fan of the comic strip, you were like a little bit of a, a, a mystery because you would do all these different things. So like the, the Five Go Mad guy was very different than yeah. Spider, was very different than the Four Men in the Car. You know, you would, you would inhabit all these different characters. And, and the sort of fistful of Travellers Czech guy that you, you would, you know, Lee Van Cleef. It was no, it was the, whoever you were. the Italian actor. In oh, that, is it, that's right. Uh, what's his name, Gabriel? Oh, the other guy. Yes, yeah, a few dollars more, yes. Yeah, I just don't the know drug, much about it. The drug addicted India. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you... So, Lee Van Cleef was the hardest one to do. I did that in GLC. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. And I had to gargle whiskey every time I did a line. Sorry. Sorry, just kicking my own DVDs over. <laughs> I'm being very clumsy today. Okay. I'm very clumsy. As well. today. <laughs> I'm very clumsy today. Um, yeah, so yeah, you know, it's, it, it, you, you had a beef with Paul Jackson, though. I think is fair. Yeah, to say. I think he came in and tried to split up a lot of the double acts on the comic strip, and he did that a couple of times. And I just took us. I just said, you don't need to do that. Uh, he did it with his first talent show he did called Boom Boom, and kept Adrian and me out of the double act. Sort of right. Thing. Which I thought was unnecessary, and you know, I don't think they would have done it. I don't think anybody else would have done that, but he did. I think it was just keeping control of his. And um, I mean, it was it was quite quite a setback for us in the way that happened. And it was yeah. And then when we when we started the comic strip, we became a big gang of people, and it was going great. And then I did audition French and Saunders, who joined us uh, as guests, and then they became part of the group. And he came along and said, well, "I want to do this show, and I'm, um, but I don't want those two. Right. And I said, "No, you're not going to do that." I said, we're, we're a group now, you know, and uh, they still went ahead. I think the others, didn't, they wanted to keep him with them, so. Yeah. But I, did, I just thought, why, why should he need to split us all up? Well, I mean, that, you were certainly right about that French Saunders <laughs> being worth yeah. keeping in, I think, so. Yeah, uh, I, think it was, I think it was unnecessary what he did. Yeah. You know, but anyway, whatever happened, it, 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 it sort of made the relationship a non-start in terms of me working on the young ones, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it feels to me, and just, you know, you're quite a formidable force. You know what you want. I mean, I think that's why you ended up directing a lot of these shows yes, and getting into bossy, directing. Yeah. That, uh, Extremely bossy. But, you know, you, I think, like, as a fan watching it, I, I felt you were quite, you know, you were a presence and you were an intimidating <laughs> presence, I think, and, and, a yeah, bit, I think. and a bit more of a mystery, I think, than the, the other guys. Maybe because 
you know, well, they, they weren't the, in the young they ones. They've done that, that they have the light, light entertainment side of it. Yeah. I was, I was saying I'm too serious, really, for that. Well, the seriousness is good, though. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're funny, and it was, but it was there was an intensity there, and you know, and uh, yeah, I and mean, it's it's sort of weird, and uh, not weird, but it's it's weird how quite a few of your things have parallels in in America. I think the uh, the obviously the bad news and Spinal Tap sort of evolving yeah, that was at the quite same a time. Actually, yeah, yeah. we shot it about the same time. Never never knew what they were doing. They didn't know. I'll, I'll show you either. I mean, ours came up earlier because yeah. we'd made... But I think they were made about the same time. Yeah. We, those things happen, you know. They do, of course. And, you know, in the, and they're very different takes on the... Yes, I mean, theirs was a successful band sort of coming down and we were a very grubby band trying to go up. Yeah. So it was a different kind of story. Yeah. Did you? Did it... I mean, it was, Spinal, Bad News was probably more successful in the short term than Spinal Tap was anyways. You probably felt like... Because no. Spinal Tap didn't really... It's fly huge. until it went out on, but no, it came out on video, and then everyone got into it. But it didn't do very well to begin with. Whereas bad news, I think you were you were making singles, and you took. Did you well, t- that happened after. Was it? We did the Castle Donington, the yeah. Monsters of Rock, with with Ozzy Osbourne, Lemmy, Lemmy yeah. from Motorhead, Jeff Leppard, um, Saxon, <laughs> every heavy heavyweight heavy metal band. Yeah, and we were on about. Third, I think. <laughs> we arrived at eight in the morning. There were mud fights going on. There was about 60,000 people out there. Yeah. And uh, we had, there were some banners for us out there, bad news and our characters and that, from people we were holding up banners. Yeah. And we started having mud fights at eight, eight in the morning. What's going to happen by three in the afternoon? <laughs> and, of course, it was bottles of piss coming at us. <laughs> <laughs> so, right? was, Tommy Vance came on. It was a sort of curtain where all the roadies could work behind metal mesh curtain yeah. that stopped all these bottles coming at them when they were trying to do wiring up the stage. And Tommy Vance came on with a crash helmet, body armor, <laughs> raised the curtain, and did these bit bottles, wow. plastic bottles of piss flying all around them. <laughs> they saved it for us. <laughs> but that, they, they liked you, though, as well. I mean, maybe not all of them, the throwing piss, but I think they liked... They, was... they liked to abuse us. Yeah. They loved to abuse us. I mean, we had... We had a lot of stories on bad news. I'm, I'm going to tell you all about that. <laughs> you can tell me. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> um, very funny. You're playing your own... You played all the instruments as well, though, right? We did. We're playing, we're playing live. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was, that was the first gig there in front of about 60,000, 70,000. It was our very first gig. Right. It was like it's snuff, snuff comedy, really. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was, we I went. mean, there was a lot of confidence in that group of people. I mean, it was an ama- it's an amazing group of people. Obviously, like... Yeah. Rick Mayall, uh, I mean, um, again, was, must have been a Amazing. Phenom- he, didn't, he never played a note on the bass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's just too busy prancing around. Yeah. But, Showing off, being, being funny. Yeah. I said, it's far too serious. We're, we're trying to play a band. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we had some extraordinary... We, we did this tour, actually, which is after, after um, EMI gave us an advance, which most of it went spent on catering at Trevor Horn Studio to do yeah. the album with Brian May. And we went on this... Tour and that was just, I think, put us off ever being in a rock band, you know. <laughs> it was exhausting. Um, but I'll just tell you one quick thing. Was one night we came back through Dorset from Portsmouth where we'd had sheep's eyes thrown at us. And, oh, yeah, it was like weird. Very, I don't know if there was sort of veterinary surgeons on a night out. I think people, you were so bad, people were going out, <laughs> getting a sheep's eyes out of their sockets. That's right. To throw them. God knows where they, these <laughs> eyes came from. It's just the stage was littered with these eyes. Wow. That was the start of the evening. Yeah. I twisted my ankle, so I was only playing the drums with one foot. <laughs> and we drove down through 
Dorset past the Dors- Dorset Knob Biscuit Factory, <laughs> which is on the top of a hill. And you come down towards Chalmers, and there's this bend, and we found this scooter lying in the road. And um, so we pulled over and stopped and called out and said, anybody there? And we climbed up the hedge, and this guy had not only just gone over the hedge, but he'd gone down into a quarry. Oh. Not a field. He'd just gone straight down this quarry, and there's a, mo- there's a bloke with him down there. And they go, God. And so we scrambled, Rick and Nigel and I scrambled down this side of this quarry to sort of help, whatever. And as we got this guy, had broken so many bones and he was in a terrible state. I mean, so Rick and Nigel immediately, God knows why, started being Rick and Neil from the young ones. <laughs> so it's all right, man. Don't worry. It's Neil and Rick here. And, so, and Nigel's going, it's all right. I'll help you, man. You know, stay, stay, you've got to stay awake, man. And I've just seen this guy's lying there thinking, <laughs> I, I have, I've died. And, I, and, the, and the young ones are there to greet me as I go through the gates of St. Peter. And so we... Wow, so anyway, we waited till this guy had obviously called, gone, got an ambulance, and the ambulance arrived, and we drove on back to, to Devon, where we were, we were staying to play Exeter the next day. Yeah. And we, we went on about, about two weeks later, we came to Bristol Colston Hall, which we're not allowed to mention, are we? Um, <laughs> I think you can mention Anyway, this, then this, woman, this young woman came out and said, uh, would you sign this poster? It's my, my brother who's in hospital, and uh, he, he, he was the one you rescued from this quarry in Dorset. Amazing. So we... So Rick, I mean, Rick and we all signed it, rude things. Yeah. Rick signed, you stupid cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure, he, I'm sure he treasures that poster, you know. I'm sure he does if he's, you know. If he, if, <laughs> that's incredible. That's a, what a wonderful story. Amazing. You know, it almost makes me wish I'd crashed a motorcycle so I could have met the young ones. That would have been pretty cool. Um, and uh, is, is it, I mean, it, it's such a, just, were you aware that it was a phenomenal group of people were you just caught up in it at the time? Absolutely. When, when Nigel and I first went down to the comedy store, I mean, you know, we just... I think we'd both been amongst actors. We'd trained at drama school. I was at Bristol Old Vic. He was at Lambda. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like the whole acting scene much. The fine actors quite boring, really. So. <laughs> yeah, they can be. A lot of them. It's a sort of boring job. You've got to be a bit uh, yes, boring to, to want to do... You've got to, I I you've got to be able to switch off. I wanted to be an actor, but I just didn't... Yeah. Know. But I hung out at the art school more than anything else. Yeah. However, what was I going to say? We're going to... Um, about the gang, yes, so we, we, when we came down to the comedy store, we suddenly met people who were like us. We'd actually been very influenced by a double act called South Meat Market. Yes. Who were an American double act. One of them actually went, became... It was John Ratzenberg who was in Cheers. Yeah. played the postman in Cheers. But, but then he was touring Devon. He was in Devon. We saw him it's... down here uh, playing... This, and it was fantastic, the double act. And that was very influential on us, you know, in terms of our... Show. Yeah, because it, you know, it was combining theatre and yeah. comedy, really, wasn't it? Which I suppose, you know, that is what you've you've done throughout your whole career. Is 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 yeah. you know, you've always had that eye for that's made you this great director for for the the, the way of making it theatrical, but also understanding comedy as well, which I is so, again yes. a, is a rare rare yes. combination. I think the and seeing Lexi and Rick particularly there, <clears throat> Rick was amazing. You know, I mean, he, yeah. You know, he did the poems. You saw that. You've probably seen the video of that. Yeah, yeah. Just stunning. Um, and Lexi was amazing, too. And yes. so we suddenly thought, God, we was pe- some really crazy... And immediately, as being a sort of director-producer-type role, I thought, I can put this all together and we could do this every night. Because the comedy store was only once a week. Right. And Don Ward said, no, I don't want to give up the strippers. I want to... <laughs> Saturday night's fine. We'll just do that. And I said, right. Well, that's when I went hunting around Soho. Every sex club I went into... <laughs> 
<laughs> they weren't interested. Right. <laughs> they just wanted my money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I eventually found Paul Raymond's place, and that's how we sort of got in there. Yeah. But um, no, Rick was amazing. And, of course, Adrian at that point wasn't really... They weren't really a double act at that stage. No, that's right. Um, you know, Adrian was his mate from Manchester. And they did, used to do this Beckett spe- uh, sketch of him, which wasn't that funny. But a week before we opened the comic strip, we did a, a warm-up gig in Hampstead in a pub called Pentamitis. Yeah. I mean, this is a week before we opened. And I was saying to Rick, are you sure you want to you do a go alone? You're fine. Uh, no, fine. I'm, Adrian and I are going to be together on this great. And uh, they arrived at the Pentamitis in these purple suits with the, with the most killer act. It blew <laughs> us all off the stage. It was right. absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Dangerous he, Brothers. He, yeah, the Dangerous Brothers, and and Rick was. I mean, <laughs> you see that um, the video of him just coming on stage and not saying anything and just going, and the audience are laughing. And he's yes, like, what? Oh, what? And it's just like and up, he makes yes. it last for. But if they laugh, they say, "Shut up!" Yeah, he gets angry, angry. with them. He can't understand why they're laughing at them, and it's literally for doing nothing. It's just the funniest, and it's that confidence is what I was talking about last week. And if you were here, anyone. I was talking to Spencer Jones about that. It's that confidence to walk on. Oh, and, and it's so... Um, so brilliant. What he was doing was so brave as well because it's, you know, he's playing a character who's a useless poet or a useless, you know, silly yes. student and he doesn't let on that it's a character. Yes. So, no, so some audiences will have not it. known. You should see it somewhere. Yeah. You probably see it on YouTube, can't you? Yeah, it's, yeah there's, there's plenty of it. I'm it's sure brilliant. these guys have seen, yes. seen it all. But yeah, it's... Um, we did something similar in Bad News where we wrote a song called Hey, Hey, Bad News. Right. <laughs> We only once had to do this at some big gig and say, listen, I want to say, I want you to sing along, but it's, hey, hey, bad news, not fuck off bad news. <laughs> we only had to do that once. Yeah. And every time it happened at the gig, Rick would get angry and go, no, no, it's hey, hey, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> not fuck off bad news. <laughs> and get really angry. So it's the same gag, really. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's it's so I mean I think like for you know my generation of comedians who are now like me in their late fifties, which is sort of it must be weird for us both. It's very weird for me. Uh, you know, it was it was this thing that just sort of defined our generation. And I think all of the the, the comics become the young ones. 
just gave people that the idea. I think maybe the young ones a little bit more because the comic strip was a bit more professional. So you would think, oh, well, that that's that would be well, hard. We were to on do. a channel that was but, getting very small ratings. Yeah, you know, we we're getting four or five million. I mean, the young ones getting twelve million. Yeah, you know, TV. So it was a massive sort of. We were, we were kind of playing to a cult. Yeah. Anyway, in any case, we would have been because there was different each week. It, it took a time for people to start appreciating certain ones we've done. You know what I mean? So, I do, yeah, yeah. So in hindsight, it was all right, but at the time, it's bad television because you're not, yes. you're not bringing them along with you next week with the next one, you know. No, but, you know, I think, like, the, as I say, I think it's just, it was just, I mean, it, w- it wasn't a time when comedy came, for, for younger people came along very often. It would be once every four or five years rather than every week, you know. Yeah. Like, now it feels like there's a new comedy show every week. And so it was, you know, it was great that it was good, but it, but it also gave you the, it gave certainly me and people like Robin Ince again, you know, the, the idea that this could be possible. You know, you just got, I was growing up as a schoolboy in Somerset and didn't, there was no one in my family was in show business. So you'd, you'd see you guys doing all this stuff and you didn't, you knew all the story of where you'd all come from and it was just go, okay, this is like possible. Yes, we went Oxford or Cambridge. We were no. different, yeah. Different bunch. So okay. yeah, it was, it, was, it was a very exciting time for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and as well as the comic strip, which we might return to, um, well, let's talk about Supergrass, which was a comic comic strip thing, but it was a, a movie, like so, it was an, an actual movie for Supergrass. It was our first, yeah, it was yeah. the first movie we did. Yeah, <clears throat> shot down in Hope Cove, down here, right, and on Dartmoor. Um, yeah, so we, we went to Portugal, all of us, and wrote, wrote wrote some ideas down and had a chat and got the thing, and then we decided that Supergrass would be a good, you know, a guy who was. Um, Making up a big story basically to get get this girl, right? And then gets into terrible trouble because the police actually have a case going on that's like that, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was. I mean, what I suppose was interesting with that was um, we were we were huge fans of Steve Martin. That's what I remember of Supergrass. Is that yeah. we we used to love the jerk. And we always used to watch it together. I mean, I knew every line from the, especially the first fifty minutes of it, up to Jackie Mason and all that. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, Amazingly, when we did the premiere at ABC's Chasby Avenue, Steve Martin turned up. Right. And we couldn't believe it, actually. It was just, like, you know, fantastic that he came in. And I, I got a call next day from this American, and I thought it was my father-in-law, because he's got a very deep voice. Said, Hi, Peter. <laughs> oh, Norman, how are you? Did you enjoy the, enjoy the show? Uh, yeah, we did, very much. <laughs> and, then he said, and he said that Victoria liked it, too. That was his message. Sorry, who is this? He said, Steve Martin. Oh, right. Um, he said, would you like to come down to Pinewood and have a, have a lunch and have a chat? And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, didn't say I was busy, that day. Uh, <laughs> so I went down and uh, he said, there's a scene in Supergrass that I wanted to talk to you about, um, which is where you're all falling about laughing. He said, I'm about to do this little shop of horrors where I've got to do this laughing thing. How did you do that? Because it looks so real. And I said, well, I'll give you one word, amyl nitrate. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was shocked. He was appalled. He was appalled. I mean, he was in control, Steve, and he didn't want to be in yeah. control. And I, said, and I was directing it, so I just gave the camera a list of shots of what did. <laughs> Took this stuff and did. Wow. <laughs> Mad. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's what I'm talking about. There's the so feeling. So me and Adrian of, were really absolutely pissing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, that's what we did. So you'll have to do that, Steve. <laughs> Every night. <laughs> But that's the sort of anarchy that was, you know, that you felt was there. I think even as a kid, and I wouldn't have known about amyl nitrate if you told me that at that time. But, you know, you felt there was, some, there was a naughtiness and a roughness. You, and you are this very 
ruggedly sexy man, and then you still are, Peter. Who's I will it, add that. Who are you talking about now? I'm talking about you. <laughs> Gorgeous man in jumping around in your pants onto oh, cars. Oh, <laughs> But you are, you're a very good-looking man. Oh, and well, a very, what are you I'm, doing after the show? I, I, I'm, I'm, you can come. I'm staying at the Premier Inn. You can come back. I've got. Uh, oh, God, I can't wait. I've can we got, go now? <laughs> you can go as soon as you want. Got to take it where you can get it on tour when you <laughs> nice get to our age. Very nice. Um, but so, yeah. So did, was it was it sort of as fun off screen as it was on? Was there, was Mostly, there, yes. Yeah, it was. I mean, fifth floor Travis checks was a kind of memorable. I think everyone remembers those three weeks in Spain. Yes, right down in the desert with no phones, nothing there. No landline phone or anything. We were there. Right. <clears throat> they never had no idea in Channel 4 what was going on for about three weeks. <laughs> and they'd send stuff home. You know, we never heard whether they liked it or not. But that had a lot of, lot of stories there with that. Really yeah. Much, you know, driving. Everyone drove out there in different cars and things. And chaos, absolute chaos. But uh, it was... <laughs> and I think we, Rick and I, we used to, because we couldn't see the rushes, we used to listen to the sound tapes and just go, yeah, it's sounding good. <laughs> right. It was a good radio show. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's it, it's 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 uh, how much did Channel Four have to say about if they if you sent them the stuff, did they did they say this can't go in and this can go in or were you, it feels like you were in in pretty good control of the project. They uh, they trusted us. Yeah, they did trust us, and I mean, a couple occasionally they would they would panic about something. <clears throat> There's one guy we're going to do a film that got. TV show really about Eddie Monsoon that got 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 stopped because <clears throat> the guy we were going to film it a uh, studio in Wandsworth phoned up Channel Four and said if Channel Four broadcasts this I will give them the studio for free. He was so disgusted by our right. script, right. <laughs> and so they, the lawyers got on and said right we're going to stop this one. They did, you know? right? Yeah, I mean it was it was fun, but it was a bit rude, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> It seems hard to believe that you... I mean, they, uh, they, they stopped we, anything we wrote it with Dawn and Jennifer as well. So, yeah. 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 So, um, and they used to... They suddenly wanted to bleep the F word. But then before and after that, they just let it go, whatever. But when, what, the strike, when we did the strike, yeah. we had to bleep all the Fs, you know, king this and king that. You know, so, right. Yeah. I mean, with the, with the ones... You know, that became like a little... You did a, had a few goes at the, the Hollywood film yes. of a true... Event those so strike where you were Al Pacino playing Arthur Scargill. Scargill that's right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a great. I, I mean, that could that feels like that could have been. I mean, it or it was a sort of series because you did a few of them, but it that felt like that could have been if they were going to do a series. Uh, you know, we could have done you could have done those all at once, but you've done you've you still. I, I heard that you had tried to do one of of Boris Johnson. Was that going to be the same? Yes. the same idea that I didn't know. Come Nigel on? and I were working on that. And yeah. I, was, well, I mean, he wasn't writing, but I was writing with. Another person, and um, very sad. Yeah, it was called "Lie Another Day." <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Boris and Cameron and Osborne, all trained in the Minsk Academy to be Etonians, and then dropped into it dropped into Eton in their cricket <laughs> cricket gear. There's <laughs> a container that's dropped on the Eton playing field, and they it was a cricket ball that hits the side. They come out with their cricket gear on. They go, what happened to you three? Come on over. <laughs> so they're the, they're the Oxford three, so it's like, it's the spy. The and of course, the, film, the uh, main KGB character was Dominic Cummings, of course, you know. Yeah. Nigel was going to play that. Right. So sadly, it's not made, that was a good script. You know? Yeah, it sounds good. So did that, that just... Did, did... Well, I got into problems with, they had a company that wanted to 
have control of casting and crew, which we, I mean, even on our first film, Fucker Man Dorset, we'd always been able to use what we want, you know, yeah. crew and cast we wanted. And they said, no, we've got control of that. Right. So it was our anniversary film. And that was, they said, no, we can't do that. Right, that's a, well, that's a big shame. Although, I, you know, I do, I can tell that, you're, you know, that, that some people would have bent, wouldn't they, and said, OK, fine, but that's not... Well, it just wasn't going to be right to make it. No. But it was, and we didn't have Boris at that point either. Right. I was hoping Matt... Um, Lucas. Matt Lucas would have been great, you know. Yeah. But he didn't want to do it. Yeah, because he does do Boris Johnson. Fantastic. Yeah. He would have been fantastic. And, yeah, but, he, but it would have come out, because things, events happen so fast anyway, it would have come out well, once yes, he'd gone. Well, yes, after so. had been gone. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, actually, we were probably saved, actually. Yeah. I mean, Liz Truss was definitely too quick for you to be able to do. I mean, so re retrospectively, you could almost do like yeah, Henry V, Part One and Part Two of this of this whole shenanigans. You could do the whole. So yeah, it's it's great that you're still, you know, that that's that you're still creating these things and still trying to get these things. Yeah, I've got, going. I've got one at the moment, but it ends badly, which is um, which I'm hope still hoping to get off the ground. Which is, you know, it's got about forty minutes of mayhem in the ninety minutes that it is. You know? Right. Because you've got a production company and here, and why, why did you, were you obviously brought up in, uh, in were you brought up in Devon or Cornwall? Yeah, Devon. Devon, Devon yeah. yeah Devon. Uh, and so you've, you've come back and your production company's based here, or yeah, did you always, right. did you always top, was it important top, to live in, mess. yeah. Why did you want to live in, why did you want to have, a, have it here? Well, I was from here, and, I, yeah. and um, I was living in Camberwell for 20, 30 years. I was in Bath in Camberwell for that time, yeah. which I loved, it was great, but Children and four children. Just thought, get out of town. <laughs> put, them in, put them in Kevich, you know, Totnes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I knew very well. And of course, I knew they'd love Totnes. full of teenagers, you know. Yes. At the time. They're all gone now. But <laughs> <laughs> the teenagers are all gone? Well, yeah, well, the, dark, the art school moved, you know. They, oh, right. They took, so cool, uh, yeah. yeah, so it was a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, your son's a stand-up. Red. Red, yeah. I know. He's, he's very good. He does little videos online That's as well. That's why doing videos. We're getting used yeah. to almost as much as you. <laughs> well, you know, they, these, the, the youngsters come through and they overtake me and I just stay um, in my lane. There's a, there's a Richard Herring shoe shop in King, Kingsbridge. You're not, it's not your business. It isn't, is it? but, you know, we used to... We, I, I, I went to school in Cheddar in Somerset and whenever we went to Stratford-upon-Avon to see a play as, as a, on the evening which wasn't very often, but we'd sometimes get in a bus and the English department would take us there, and we'd pass Richard Herring's shoes on the right, way to Stratford, the ones, the, the and right. everyone in the bus would sing, Richard Herring's shoes, Richard Herring's shoes. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's a national brand. Yeah, I I'm just going to see. I've, I started, but it's quite good, because they do bags and stuff, and they've all got Herring written on my little crest, so it looks like it's my so, personal crest. So are they crest. doing well off all the hits you're getting? Are they, are they doing well out of that? I don't know if they are. <laughs> do, I don't know if they're doing very well. But do you buy Herring's shoes, made by Richard Herring? I don't think he, I think he might still be alive, Richard Herring. Is he? I think he is, but I might be wrong. But there's the whole family. They all make shoes, the little cobblers. <laughs> it's a big Herring tradition. I don't think we're related to the. We're from. My family are from uh, the north. I think we're we're Vikings. Oh right, yes, well, most of us are. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, the, and I looked at a map, and that's where the Herrings are sort of in. Yeah, uh, apart from Cheddar, Middlesbrough. But we it's, moved. It's, we moved to, to Cheddar. I want to film there one day. I figured that whole rise up through the rocks is such a great... You could shoot the Alps there, you know. Man, I've tried to write so many. I've, I've tried to write, get so many sitcoms about Cheddar Gorge off the, really? off the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so, love going through there. Yeah, there's so much history there. 
There's, I've got one about uh, a guy called Roland Pavey who made his own cave in the 19th right, century right. and tried to... He believed he had wings and used to jump off Cheddar Gorge to try and prove he had, like, <laughs> angel wings. Is that right? He, water Crashed diviner. The, and then the I used office. to work in Cheddar Caves, so I wrote a sitcom about Cheddar Caves. It's, you know, it's so, it's so hard getting stuff on, Peter. That's, and you managed to do 50 fucking films. Well, I've, all I've, different I've, films. I've, over 80, year, 80 years, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's... You know, but it, that is just. Do, do you sit back and think, "Wow, this is this is a, an amazing body of work that I've created"? Because it's not. We'll get on. There's I other forget, stuff as well. I forget about them really, but really? I do. There's a few favourites I like. You yeah. know. I liked our Blair film, Comfort Tony Blair. Yes. Um, I think some, with Matt Stephen Mangan. I playing? think yeah. I think some of the satires probably work best, but um, I like four men in a plane, four in a car yeah. thing. And that was again. That was the the what should have been the young ones uh, in the cast there with the other with the other three young well, ones. It was, you? was yeah. yeah I mean, actually, we were yeah. We did. It was the four of us again, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And then bad news. We'd, we'd done quite a weekend. lot together. You have done a lot together, so it's good. And I was I was hearing about you, you know I think it was in the the Tony Blair one that health and safety again you know. I think nowadays the idea of you actually taking amyl nitrate to get a shot would would maybe be frowned on. No but you knew. did quite a lot of dangerous. We didn't stunts. tell anybody except no. Steve Martin. Yeah, except Steve Martin. <laughs> and I told you now. <laughs> now we know. So you have to die. <laughs> we'll, I'll die. Every, we'll kill everyone in the room. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give them all amyl nitrate. Turn the gas on, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that's very bad. It's <laughs> but... not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> They're laughing. They're laughing as well. It's, it's like, laughing gas. It's, like, um, it's gall- gallows, gallows humour here, isn't it? It is gallows humour. The people in the West Country have a good sense of you. They understand that. There was, there was an incident where you were filming outside Buckingham Palace on a motorcycle, is that right? Yes, Which I think, well, again, is, I can't believe you well, got you away. You'd be shot now, wouldn't you, if you did, if you did I, that? Maybe, I don't know. But I was driving this motorbike around. Well, we, it was a trial bike, a land bike. It wasn't even a road bike. Was, right. Which, because we, we were doing the journey from nuclear power plant to Westminster and then it was a you know, race against time to get to, a bit, to Parliament to do a speech right. and win the day. And um, so the idea was that I break down in, um, the motorbike break down, breaks down in the mall and then I run the last bit, just make it. So we kind of came around the corner of, <laughs> with, the, with the van, the guy hanging out the back of the van with the camera. Yeah. John Metcalf, Cowboy John, who did Fistful and all these different ones. He was the only one who probably worked with us, actually. Because he'd do all these incredible things. We came around the corner. As we were coming around, I started pretending that I... I knew the sound we put on afterwards, but, you know, spluttering. Yeah. And then just stopped and threw the bike down and ran after the van. And I got to him, and he said... Yes, that's... um, Actually, that's okay. We need to go again, though. (laughs) Said John... <laughs> Suddenly, all these police cars surround yeah. us. What a surprise! <laughs> and they went, "What? What are you doing?" And they said, "Who's in charge here?" And because I was the director, but I said, "I'm just an actor in this." <laughs> so he so said, "Well, whose bike is this?" Then we pointed to the guy who owned it, and uh, we had to we had to pay his five hundred pound fine for no license, no no hard hat, you know, no. I mean, no, there was nothing legal at all, no insurance, nothing, no. nothing legal. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Channel 4 hear about this or did they after, did you, well they yeah. after only because Jennifer told the story <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know it seems to me it was as much fun to do or as crazy to do as we sort of felt maybe it it was yeah I think well I mean I mean because when I worked with Keith I mean that's that was that was mayhem really always, yes. always with Keith you know well I have some history with Keith I Alan. bet you do uh, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing the bullshit as well, right? you know, running yes, around yeah. underpants. 
Yes. No, it's very good. Guns. Yes. Battersea. Yes. <laughs> very silly. <laughs> Stephen Frears, I'm not, I'm not directing that. No, he, he was directing the film. He said, I'm not doing that stuff in the street there. You do that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do pubs or streets. You know. <laughs> so he wouldn't do pubs, that's the thing. <laughs> wow. But you, yeah. So you just directed yourselves for that? For yeah, that yeah. We yeah. Did, well, you know, we, yeah. When I did it. And, yeah. What would it take for you to fillet the actor, Keith Allen? Fillet him? Yeah. Mm. Give him oral sex, would you? Oh, I what? see. It wasn't bad. I mean, no, it was... Uh... <laughs> It's one, of my, it's one of the questions I occasionally ask people. <laughs> we've had one, we've had at least one it wasn't guest. As bad as you think. Okay, uh, I think it'd be pretty bad. <laughs> Look, there's loads to. I mean, there's so much to talk to you about, and we won't have time. But I will, I will try and get some uh, some other stuff in. Uh, we may come back to the comic strip, but uh, what I'd forgotten, or maybe I didn't know, was um, uh, that you were right one of the main people behind Stella Street, which was another phenomenally successful. Well, it was, yeah, it was John, Phil, and me. Really, we worked yeah. it together, and they but they played all the parts, and I did the I did the camera and directing and lighting. Yeah, <laughs> with with Jack, my son, helping. Right, and that was it, really. And yeah, two 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 makeup artists who worked all the time on them. Of course, and two costume people, and that was it, really. We had someone else helping carrying the light. But. Again, I mean, this is an idea that you did. You know, this wasn't a one-off idea because it was a series, but it's such a... It's a, an idea that I think I've seen, you know, the, the, it comes up every now and again where people, what if all celebrities live together? I think there was an AI version right, of it yes, quite yeah, recently, yeah. wasn't there? But it's such a good idea, oh, and I think you were the first people to to it's, do it as a, as a show anyway. Something well, John and Phil were so clever. I mean, they could yeah. do anything, both of them. They could play a whole city of people, you know. Yeah. Like, and we started out with the shop, Mick and Keith running the shop. Uh, Mick, Mick Jag and Keith Richards running the shop, which is, you know, very, it was very funny. Yeah. yeah. And they had store coats on as well, you know. Um, so Phil did Mick Jagger very well. And Keith actually um, did... Uh, John, uh, John did Keith. And uh, I think it was someone, a friend of ours, Jeff Beck, met, met Keith, and he said, do you watch this? He said, I watched that thing. I'm going to buy that fucking shop. <laughs> so, so it was appreciated by Keith. I mean. yeah. But then we started having people coming into the shop, and we thought, well, maybe they should be in the street, and so the street took over, and, and we had all kinds of people living there. Yeah, it was, it was a, you know, so it's, it, like, it's everything. You did do the glam metal detectives. Not sure that one is... No, no, it's a lot of work. That was, uh, glam metal detectives came out, I think, have just... Have you ever seen uh, it? Yeah, because we our show Fist of Fun that I did with Stuart Lee basically took your slot, I think. So we did we did, we had a couple of digs at you as well. That was our first TV show, oh, right, right. And so we had a couple of jokes about glam metal detectives, right. but only because you were the previous the previous yes, show yes. to ours. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I did watch it, and it was again it was but again I think it's probably ahead of its time. It was sort of a bit like it's like comic. We did a TV comic with serials, yeah. lots of serials in it. Yeah, so it's a bit like, like the Fast Show, which which was sort of about the same time. Yes, it was, a bit yeah. like, but ours was kind of much more of a comic kind yeah. of thing. I think yeah, I'm not. I think Paul Putner was uh, was in Glam Metal Detectives. He was, he was also in. He was, he was also in our show as well. Yeah. So yeah, we did Colin Corleone, which was I suppose a Viz idea, really. Yes, guy lives in Peckham, thinks he's the Godfather. Yes, you know? yeah, that was funny. It's good. It's interesting how much Viz has, how much influence. I don't think Viz gets the credit for the amount of influence it's had on. Probably not your generation as much, but our generation. Yeah, and sure. Vic and Bob and all of us used to love Viz. So they Viz, great, Viz and, yes. you know, yes. the, the stuff you guys were doing was, was, like, had so much influence on what, what, was, what was to come. Um, and uh, The Pope Must Die, you directed The Pope Must Die. Did you write The Pope Must Die as well? Yeah. 
So that's Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. That was going to be Steve Martin, actually. Was Steve it? Martin, yeah, was, I wrote with him on in New York about with him. On, right. And, uh, yeah, so he was going to play the Pope. And then the, our producers here didn't want to pay the money that his agent said he needed for it. And, uh, right. Of course, he would have sold it worldwide anyway. You know, of course, yeah. Pre sales. It was a shame, really. But Robbie did a great job. Yeah. We had some great American casting in it, like Paul, Paul Bartel, who did a film called Eating Rowell. Did you ever watch that? No. Very funny film. Right. Um, and uh, Alex Rocco was in The Godfather, played. The corrupt cardinal. He was, right. he was fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so it was Harvey Weinstein we worked with on that. Right, that's good. Did he, did he try anything it on was with horrible, you? horrible, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get the funding, Peter? That's what I want to know. No, he, put, he pulled the funding out a week before we thought we were about to shoot and then renegotiated on it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his little trick, I think. So he wasn't a very nice guy, Harvey Weinstein. Is that, he, that's the, I, think that's he, the... I think he wouldn't have gone to jail for as long as he did if he hadn't done things like that. Yeah. I think people would have spoken up for him, but I think he did that quite a lot, you know. Right. Oh, you see, so you kind of pissed enough people off that they, they weren't... I had a... I mean, I, I, funny enough, the moment I really got on with him was when we were actually releasing the film. Because the rows I've had with producers about cutting it shorter. Yeah. Believe it or not, I, I'm always trying to cut the film shorter. And they're going, no, no, you've got to keep that scene in or it doesn't make sense. And I go, that's boring. They'll find out what's going on. It's fine. We can put a caption up or something. <laughs> and Harvey was like... We were on a conference call with Harvey and Steve Woolley. I said to Harvey, Pete, what do you want to cut? <laughs> Steve was going, no, we don't want to cut anything. I said, yes, yeah, see this scene here, blah, blah, blah. He said, it's cut. <laughs> it's, it's cut. Because <laughs> that's a hard thing. I've, I've heard you talking about, re you've re-edited some of the comic strips for showing at BFI and things like that, yeah. haven't you, at festivals Coastal and things. Hollywood, yeah. 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 And is that, I mean, it's interesting, I guess, to go back to things and, and have another look at them and work out what, oh, yeah. what thought, you need and what you don't need. There's some good, great stuff in that film. Yeah. I mean, Harry was great, Harry Enfield. Yeah. And um, that's me showing all those guys. They're really good. And I just thought there's a lot of flack scenes in there that need, need not be there and we could make a better film. So I put it down to 60 minutes. Right. From about 90. I chopped out 30 minutes. <laughs> showed it. It was much better. Right. <laughs> It's a sort of film that didn't need to be that long, actually. It was just better being like a, an hour long, but very expensive hour. Yes, once you've done uh, overshot by 50%. It cost yeah. about six million. <laughs> so I'm not very popular with Cathy about that. No. And so you say, are you, I heard you're writing a, a book, is that? Is that yeah, writing, still writing a book. Story of everyone is writing a book, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got some that have been made. You, you, you've done one, have you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got this one. I've got this one oh, about my, I, I lost right. the testicle, Peter. I lost oh, it. That, yeah, that it's very book, clumsy. Is that what the book's about? Yeah. It is. So, uh, but it's quite funny. It's quite a funny story. <laughs> uh, it does involve cancer. But um, yeah, so these, I mean, no, it's. Uh, uh, other people might be thinking. I'll wind down a little bit, you know. I'll enjoy my time in the West Country. Yeah, but you don't see you're, you're staying. I like keeping busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not a sit around person. Really. No. I'm too, too restless. <clears throat> do you think? I, I, so I, you know. Do you think you are, you're underrated, Peter? I think. I, I don't, think so. I think you are. <laughs> I don't think people. Um, I don't think you get the credit you you deserve for 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 everything you've done. When you look at everything for, I think you've I've done, I've got to die first, haven't we? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, 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 maybe you just die and no one maybe will even still... Maybe then I'll get forgotten. Yeah, maybe you die and there's still no credit. Imagine how embarrassing that'll be. At least you won't be around to... to... <laughs> I mean, won't... I think you get credit, but I, when, you look at, when you look at it... I mean, I think this happens a lot when I do these interviews, you, and especially with people who've you know, got a proper body of work. You sort of see it and think, God, you know, that actually... I don't, I don't know if people really... And people will 
have tuned into a, you know your 80s work or your 90s work or the stuff you've done recently. They won't necessarily have followed the the whole career. And you know to just to think there's that many comic strips and they're nearly all completely different characters. Well, it it's... goes from 1982 to 2016 is the last one. Yeah. We've been trying to make... Well, we would have done that one last year. Would have been another one? Yeah, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? I mean, I think they, it's still... I mean, Jennifer was up for it and so was Nigel. And they're all yeah. up for it, you know. I mean, they're dropping off a little bit like flies. Well, I know. Ones but... are left. Ones yeah. are still alive. Yeah. But um, there's still enough of them still going to... You can, and you bring, what I like about you as well is you're, you're obviously aware of... Not of me, but of, uh, of other of, of people I'm working. Very, very You're bringing in new people all the time. You know, yes, you're working with Stephen, for example, and, and talking about working with Matt. Not that he's particularly yes. new, but, you know, is there a, a very different generation. Between us and yes. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that was good. I mean, that was good working with Shane Allen, actually. Yes. And I was working with him online the other day, but it didn't... We got on great. We didn't right. come off. Sadly, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, most writers would have probably more... So, well, I, I certainly have more stories of, of failed TV shows than I think but you I've will got, have. I've got so many scripts that haven't been made. Yeah, of course, of course. But, that, I mean, that is, it, it's weird how much that's a part of the job, right? Even someone who's successful, even someone with a track record, it's not guaranteed that, you know, someone at the wrong production company will come in or so the wrong person will buy it or just the wrong... Or just commissioner will, yeah. won't get what's... But you would think it was... I mean, I know you've moved it around, haven't you? You went, it went from Channel 4 to the BBC and then went to Gold, didn't and it? And then back to Channel 4. And then back to Channel 4. I've been around the houses. Yeah. And now we're on ITV, Britbox. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so we've but, done the lot. Yeah, they're not making any more. They're just putting out the... They're putting out the capital, but that's, yeah. still, that's still pretty good. And, you know, so it's, it does... Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 that's just so incredible that... that I mean, it's not because they're good, but it's incredible that that idea is permeated when you think of all the things that come and go. And I guess that the fact that it, if it was just, if it had just been four people doing it, I suppose, you know, if it had been a team every single week, but I think it was established very quickly, hey, look, we can have someone completely different. This, you know, we can have... Well, I think as people got older, we sort of brought people into yeah. the younger parts, so we just ad- adapted to time, really, I suppose. Yeah. And, and met people on the way, and, you know... In a way, is it the carry-on of the new millennium... I would rather call it the um, eating films of the... Okay. <laughs> well, we, we didn't do one, one thing like that. I mean, no, the eating true. films were all... Those, they were all films, weren't they? And yeah. Like, no, shows. And some of them were great. Yeah. And I think some of them they could probably just throw, you know, throw away, but I'm sure we could do the same. You know, so. I, you know it's, just, it's just so interesting to see it. Oh, it's re- very interesting to hear these st- stories about the creation of these, of these different scenes and these iconic things. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think that that the, that idea of the Hollywood the, the Hollywood ad, tra- takes on we did a couple of those yeah, yeah I mean it's never well, going to three because, of those yeah but you, that that could go on and on because it's it's such a strong idea it it works on it's so many levels because you're parodying the actual events you're parodying yes. Hollywood you're parodying you're using that macho yeah. kind of American style yeah it's so, it's so fun, nice yeah, but I think we've done it to death really to be honest. I know. I don't. Don't you have you? It's, you all. You know. Other people would have done something to death, but it's been even that one, which is the one you've done most of, as an idea. Yes. They're all still different, and they all. You know. Well, you, John Major was, was a kind of another press con we did. We all, yeah. That was him running away from the circus. Yes. To become an MP. <laughs> I know you saw that. It was great. Alexi was great. In that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Inside Number Nine might be the closest thing to n- now to right. that, but only in only in that it's. It's a, it's it's the, it's the different idea every right. week, but that that again, I mean, I suppose with the very different characters, there's the core two of them doing them yeah. all. But uh, yeah, it's um, 
Yeah, it's it's it, you know good, I, had it, a very good lineup. I mean, Jim Broadbent was great in one of our films. Yes, was, you know, get to work people like that was one. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, I, well, I hope that you uh, you know how important these things are and how much they mean to uh, comedy fans and uh, certainly to me. So it's I'm, I'm really uh, chuffed that you've uh, you've come on and uh, yeah, it's. Um, you know, and I'm 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 very excited to see what you come up with next. What what is the book going to? What's the book about? It's just, I'm, I'm going to call it Hotel Bastardus, um, tales from the comic strip and other stories sort of thing. So it's stories from the comic strip, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, some of which I, a couple of which I spoke of tonight. Of course, yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, there must be so much. We've literally just touched the surface. I have to say no. tonight, uh, but uh, it's it's you know I think it's. And it's it's interesting to see all the progression of all the different people from that from that gang, uh, you know. And sadly, we have lost some of them. And you know, I'm, Robin I'm Rick, yeah. yeah. But but you know, I think Aid Edmondson, I think, is such an interesting character. And that, the the journey you've got, you're saying he was Rick's friend from school and uh, from college, and yeah. he was, and he's he's such you know, he's ended such up in talent, Star Wars and such talent, a yeah, uh, such a fantastic actor, a great actor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's great as John Major in that. Yeah, in that one way we played with Rick. Rick one of my favorites, that one. Yeah, Agents. Oh, yeah, he is, and I think when you look back at the young ones as well, as much as I was bedazzled by Rick Mail as a as a teenager, Aid Edmondson's work in the young ones is absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Especially given how different he is in everything else, exactly. it's, it's it's almost a bit too much of a uh, you know thing yes, to bear, isn't it? Sure. But he seems to have shaken it off, which is great. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, look, Peter, I'd, I'd like to thank you very much for coming, and I wish you me. I wish you many more years of success, ladies and gentlemen. The incredible Peter Richardson. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Rahulastapar with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Peter Richardson. Thank you to Scamp Regard for this beautiful tunage. I'm indebted to my producer and director, friend, enemy, Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you to Ben Evans, Beck Cliff, George Lingford, uh, everybody at the Northcott Theatre in Exeter, and everyone at Avalon who's facilitated this wonderful tour that we are on right now. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Come and see us on tour, richardherring.com slash Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>